0: All right. Before I get to my next guest, Mitch Lawrence, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. You can find them online at PositiveVibesGolf.com or give them a follow on Twitter at PVibesGolf. Their head covers and putter covers are a unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts. They're a great, really on course training aid as well, because they help you stay positive by putting positive, happy images in your mind. I mean, every time you walk back to your golf bag and you look at your, you know, your head covers, going to have a smile on your face. See why I say that by going online to positivevibesgolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at pvibesgolf. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore.
1: This segment of
0: the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at pgatoursuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. Hi, folks. When I was thinking over the last few days about this being our final episode of the season, I thought, what's the last voice I want our listeners to hear before we take a few months off? And I thought, I want that voice to be meaningful. I want it to be insightful. I want it to be someone who has great stories. And most of all, and at this time of year, I want that voice to have heart and soul. And when you put all of that together, it was an easy choice. Mitch Lawrence. I've made a lot of great friends as a result of this show, but the Lawrence brothers are right at the top of that list. Mitch has been a great guest over the years. This is now, tonight's going to be his 10th appearance with me on the show. But beyond being a great guest, he's been a mentor, he's been a sounding board, he's been a friend, and I'm eternally grateful for everything he's done for me in this show, and I'm honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Mitch, how are you, my friend?
1: Well, uh, after that, Chris, I... I don't quite know how to follow that up other than to say it was when you texted me and asked if I would do the show, I answered you by saying it would be an honor, and I mean it. So thanks for having me on again and and for your gracious words and for your friendship, which means more than all of it. I appreciate you. Indeed. I appreciate you very much, Mitch.
0: So... I Mitch, mean, at this sentimental time of the year, right? we got Christmas and Hanukkah just a couple of weeks away. Curious to get your memories. What are some of your favorite holiday memories?
1: My favorite holiday memories? Oh, that's an interesting off-the-top off question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always feel like, I think my first thought is that, much as I love this time of year, because it makes people hyper aware of the things that are important in life, uh, it also makes me realize that it's it's kind of our job to try to keep that going throughout the whole year. Um, I don't know that any really specific memories stand out from this time other than family and friends. Um, and there have been so many of them that when you get up to my age, which you'll experience hopefully sometime, <laughs> you can... <laughs> you can really start to appreciate more and more as the years go on that that it comes back to that. And whether it's for us who love golf and the memories we have on the golf course or with people that love the game the way we do, um, I just keep going back to the same thing, which is, you know, let's let's revel in the people around us and the people we love and the games we love and the passions we have and, and try to hold on to them every day and as long as we can throughout the year till the next holiday season.
0: So, if Mitch Lawrence is putting together a Christmas or Hanukkah wish list for gifts, what's on the list?
1: <laughs> Boy, is this for me or is this for you? No, this is for you. What, what's on Mitch Lawrence's list? <laughs> um, I'm lucky because I, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, and we often do, we're incredibly lucky in that there really isn't that much on the list that we haven't or don't already have. Um, there's always places that I would love to play that I haven't played. There's always bucket list places that I would like to go. Um, I can't talk about, you know, I before we go on, I, I want to throw some weight behind your two other guests tonight, if I may. Um, mm-hmm. I just listened to Scott White, and um, I've had experience with both Scott and Larry. Uh, personal experience, and I cannot speak highly enough of both of them. Uh, I, myself, you know this, and if anybody's listened to me on your show, know that I'm a Hickory golfer, and 90% of the rounds that I play are with my Hickory golf clubs. Uh, but I've also had Hogan irons and clubs over the years. Uh, when I started playing in the 80s in Los Angeles, uh, I went through a number of sets of Hogan's, which I love, and I was constantly trying to find clubs and get Hogan irons. and So this has been a long-time affair, and recently, uh, about a year and a half ago, I had a chance to decide that I wanted to get a, a modern set of clubs and spent time on the phone with Scott and uh, was able to get some Hogan irons, PTX irons, and whenever I play the modern clubs, those are the irons that I play for all the reasons that people just heard Scott talk about. I can't talk highly enough about the clubs themselves and the process, uh, the online process, and they're, they're just, it's a great company, and, and to have someone like Scott heading it and, and keeping that Hogan brand going is off the charts. So that's the first thing. Larry, I had a chance to take a lesson with Larry down in Orlando. Uh, a couple of years ago, and I feel the same way about him. You know, he's gone uh, against the grain in a lot of ways as far as teaching, but when you spend time with Larry, and I really urge your listeners, if you can get to him in Orlando or out west during the, during the winter t- you know, the, um, the time that he's out in Colorado is to really spend time with him because he will change the way you look at your swing and your game. So kudos to you for having both of them on. Um, I'm not much in the way of gifts in terms of, of golf things because, like I said, I have spent time whittling my hickory set to where I love it and having the, the Hogan stuff that I love. And, um, so I'm a tough buy. I have to say it, Chris. <laughs> I'm a tough buy as far as, <laughs> as gifts go. Um, and, and again, it just makes me grateful. It makes me feel so incredibly lucky that, that I can actually honestly say that. The only gift that I wish is that I got to spend more time with people that I enjoy and would love to spend time on the golf course like you. It's amazing to uh, me that we yeah. haven't yet done that, so I that's know. my that's my wish list for twenty twenty. I can say that with all honesty is that that this has to be the year that you and I spend some actual time on the golf course together.
0: Well, certainly would that's certainly on my wish list as well. I appreciate you. So you mentioned bucket list. There are still places, and I find it hard to imagine, that there are still places that Mitch Lawrence hasn't played that he wants to play. What 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 are a couple of courses on that list?
1: Well, the the great thing about the game is I don't care who you are and how much you've played, there's always places you want to play. Um, I think the the top of the bucket list for me, given, and I hate to keep going back to it, but I'm going to be 70 in a couple months. So when I get to this point in life and I go, okay, there aren't there aren't a whole lot of big trips left um, in terms of real travel, but uh, the the farthest travel that I would love to do is to uh, Australia and New Zealand. We got the President's Cup coming up this week, and and obviously we're going to get to see Royal Melbourne, and there's there's that part of the world is some place I've really longed to go for a long time. Um, and the other one actually has to do with a place that. Not that there aren't tons of places in the United States that I would want to go. Um, Sand Valley is actually at the top of that list, and uh, the Kingsley Club also is another one that I want to get to, Lawsonia-Lynx. I could go on with that list for a while, but uh, is actually to go back to St. Andrews. Um, and I've had the opportunity to play the old course a number of times in the courses at the Lynx Trust, which I love, but there are certain courses in St. Andrews and Lothian that I haven't been to. Um, and those are the ones that that I really, really want to get to, which are Musselboro and North Derrick and that area. So I think those would be on the top of the list right now.
0: So you mentioned the President's Cup, switching gears only slightly. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the upcoming President's Cup. Are you confident that the U.S. can win, or can some of this Patrick Reed controversy sidetrack the team a little?
1: Um, I don't, I mean, Obviously, nobody knows what's going to happen with this. I think the whole the, the Patrick Reed thing is is a is a real kind of hot point for a lot of reasons and for a lot of golfers. You know, on the one hand, there's the point of view that that says just let it go. He got a two-stroke penalty. He was penalized. Let it go. Stop making as much as. And with social media, it's just going to go on. Uh, I think it'll go on way past the Presidents Cup actually, because he's a great player. And he's going to be a part of the conversation for a long time. I think for those of us, and as I said, you know me, I'm old school, not just in the, the clubs I play, but in the way I look at the game, I think. And uh, I think the thing that has always drawn me to golf in terms of other sport, I love other sport. the thing that has always drawn me to it is the nature of the honor code of the self-policing of the, you know, how you play the game. And I think uh, relative to this particular incident, I don't think there's any question that there was, um, I don't know about intent, but there was certainly awareness of what he was doing. I don't care what camera angle you looked at. I think it was pretty obvious what was going on. He's done it before. He has a history of it uh, going back to his college days for those who played with him. Uh, and I just I hate the idea that it puts a stain um, for it. You know, for him, this is the way I will always look at him. Now, he can hit great shots, but this is the thing that I will most think of when I think of him. And I hate that it's taken away from the the other aspect of the President's Cup, which is a great team match, great players getting together on an unbelievably iconic golf course that most people don't get to see. Uh, and that's the part that I kind of feel badly about. Whether How the teams respond, we won't know until this week because these guys are all so great, and there'll there'll be a storyline at the end of the week that's going to be compelling because of the nature of match play, and I every time I watch a match play event, whether it's the Ryder Cup or this or the Solheim Cup, I go back to it. I think it's the greatest format for golf. I always have. Uh, I think it brings out the best in golfers and the most compelling drama in a match, and uh, that's the part that I'm going to focus on and look forward to, so. However, they decide to skirt the Patrick Reed issue. There'll be some talk about it, but I think it'll be at the beginning of the the matches. Uh, They'll have to bring it up because the world forces them to. But once the matches get underway, uh, you've got so many great players, young and old. And you've got two captains, and you've got Tiger being a playing captain. There's so many storylines that I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be great. So, Mitch...
0: When you think about Tiger being a playing captain from all the stuff that we've heard over the years um from a Rider Cup captain and obviously here in the president's Cup captain, there's a lot that goes on into putting this grand event together. Captain's involved in a lot of things it's the behind the scenes stuff, it's all the media stuff, it's all the the team meetings it's it's all of the you know down to the the apparel stuff and and the sponsors and all that stuff. And now Tiger also, being the captain of the team, is going to be out there playing. How much do you think that something like is it, We know Tiger's got an incredible mental approach in, in everything that his dad did to him growing up so that he would concentrate and all those sort of things. But there's got to be a lot weighing on his mind. Do you think you can put, can you play good golf and focus on your match when you've also got all the sort of ancillary stuff eating at you throughout the day?
1: Well, I, I don't think there's anybody more qualified to do that than Tiger. Uh, and there have obviously been great playing captains over the years, but I, I don't, I literally don't know that there's anybody who can compartmentalize it more than he can. When you look at the, just go back to the tour championship and then the Masters, and, um, he wasn't dealing with the uniforms, obviously, <laughs> or players lodging. But when you think about what he did, under the pressure and the spotlight of what was going on at the time during those events, i to me this is this is nothing compared to that literally nothing compared to that. um so I think it's I think again, if there's anybody who's qualified to do it, it's him. I think once he gets to the first tee and he puts the ball on the peg he's he's tiger he's the competitive tiger. he's not the captain. There may be a part of him that's going to be interested in what other guys are doing out there. But the great thing about golf is you have some time between shots to kind of figure it out. And once he needs to do what he needs to do, I don't expect anything different, which is amazing to think about if you really think about it at this point in his life at 44, pretty much and given what he's done that we're still talking about him on the competitive level this way is mind boggling. So I think, I think it's going to be great to watch and I think you can certainly handle it. And I think if, if there are, one person that, that the other players want to play for, I think it's really going to be him. I also have to say, though, that I, I, I love the international team too. I love the feel of that team. I love Ernie being the captain. Um, you know, the matches which were once completely one-sided got close again. Uh, you've got older guys like Ustase and um, you've got people on that team that can that can do some damage too. So. I think this is going to be one of the most compelling Ryder Cups, uh, Presidents Cups that we've seen in a long time.
0: And hey, Mitch, I talk about uh, your show, Talking Golf Getaways, with our listeners every week because you do, you and Darren both do such a great job and keeping us informed about great golf courses around the country, a lot of the hidden gem courses that we're not aware of, and uh, you guys do such a great job with all of that stuff. But when I think about you putting together sort of a dream podcast if you had an opportunity to put a, a round table together of greats of the game whether you know they're alive or dead you know guys from guys and gals from this time or a previous time if you could do sort of a, a dream round table podcast
1: who would be there oh boy i need time to think of these answers <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> Next time I'll send you not again. a simple this is not a simple question, pal. This isn't like <laughs> me saying I want to go out with you and my brother and just hit some balls <laughs> um, uh who would i who would I want at the table um well, given that we're talking golf getaways is about going to places and experiencing great golf and different courses and architect and that kind of thing as well as just the joy of the game, um, I think, and I'll just step back into history because that's where my mind goes first, um, and I would probably put together people who were who were not only great players but designed some of the courses that we all love. Obviously, Donald Ross would be on that list. Bobby Jones would be on that list. Alistair McKenzie would be on that list. I'm just sitting picturing this table now <laughs> with these people. <laughs> these people sitting around it um i would have one of my favorite people on the planet who i got to experience in person this past year on one of the great trips i'll have taken who's david mcclay kidd um he was also a really good player and and guy i consider to be one of the really important architect voices and, and minds in the game right now after our trip to gamble sands this past year. And other things he's done. Um, this is, this could be the biggest table you've ever had if I could keep going. Because it would Jeez. be Ben Crenshaw. It would be Bill Corr, Um, it would be, uh, Keith Rebb and Riley Johns from, from the work they've done over the last few years. And they're guys that have, in my mind, changed the way we're starting to look at designing resorts and destinations. Um, I think that's a pretty good list to start. I would have Harry Gordon there just because I love Harry Gordon. I would have James Braid there. I would have the old guys there. I think those are the ones that I really miss the most. <laughs> <laughs> then I throw in a couple of writers like Bernard Darwin and Herbert Warren Wind and people like that. These are all old people. So <laughs> yeah, well I'm sure I can't I'm leaving people if... out that I'm gonna regret later, but off the top of my head those would be a good table.
0: So To your point about all the you know older folks, you know that not too many listed there that are still uh, out there alive and kicking. Um, Is the game to to you is the game more interesting when you're looking back at history for some reason, whether it's course design from that time? uh, Obviously, being a big hickory enthusiast because of the golf equipment and the way it was, or the characters of of the people that you Put on that list is it is it different or better in your mind from what we have now
1: Uh, i think it is i think it was um and and it doesn't mean that we don't have great stories and great people in the game now you know it's full of them it's just that the game was so different back then now it's it there's so much money involved worldwide it's such a global game but back then it was the people that Tended to be involved, whether they were players or club makers, or they were fanatically passionate about the game when it was not incredibly popular and there wasn't tons of money. It There were really people who who did it and played it and designed courses for the love of doing it. If you go back to all of them, whether it's Old Tom Morris uh, designing courses and traveling by wagon and boat and you know, this was, they didn't get on a, a wheels up or a net jets and just fly to the next destination, spend a couple of days and design a golf course. Uh So I'm drawn to those stories more, I think, than I am now. And what I love about some of the people that I mentioned, and I, I absolutely left people off that list of modern uh guys who are involved in the design now. Uh But I I look back at those players and those people and just, try to imagine myself back there when there, were, there was a lot more kind of character involved in, in what was going on. And I think that's the part that I'm really drawn to because, to me, the soul of the game is that, and it still remains that if you really get into it. I think that's why we're drawn to trips to Scotland and Ireland and England, and to get back to that kind of the essential part of the game that draws all of us to it. I don't care who you are. Uh, there's some part of that, that that gets in our soul and we have trouble letting go of it. So I would I would I would say if I if I were time traveling it would be back there for sure.
0: Mitch, I want to talk about a couple of things that I saw that you posted recently out on Facebook and uh, there was one earlier today recommending a book titled Golf Kitchen and a comment from the author, uh, Diane Delucia. Uh, would suggest that maybe you and your wife, Ava, contributed a recipe or two to that book. Is that right?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know that we contributed a recipe. I know that we've tried some of the ones in Diana's book. But, but um, Diana, she, this is really, for people who aren't familiar with Golf Kitchen, uh, if they just Google it and you'll find it, it's one of the truly great books that I've come across. And uh, Diana is one of the wonderful people that we have in our game who started out doing food photography and then kind of got on a very high level, really high level, and then got involved um, with the game of golf and decided to get involved with the chefs that are at a lot of the golf, uh, the private clubs around the world, um, and put together this unbelievable coffee table book, which brings together the history of really iconic clubs from all over the world, so you can learn about the game and those clubs. And then the chefs that have taken the culinary art of, of golf course cooking to a whole different level and give you recipes that they have. And her photography is in there. And it's just a beautifully put together book. And, you know, it's something that we had a, Ava and I had a chance to spend some time with Diana here. Uh, she was doing something down in Kiowa and we went down. It's just a fantastic project and she's involved in a lot of great charitable. Causes and and it's all the kind of on that side. If you like golf and you like food, which I think most of us do, I'm pretty sure <laughs> um, it's it's really it's really a great book. And my wife, as the cook in the family, could come up with a lot of recipes that I think could go in that book. I have maybe one that I could put in that book, and it's, trust me, it's not on the level of anything that's in that book. It's just the only one I could contribute. <laughs>
0: Mitch, you also posted a story about a dog named Ace and your first and only hole-in-one. Do you mind sharing that story?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. If you want me to get emotional, I will. Um, Ava and I were playing. We lived in Charlotte at the time, and we were playing on a Thursday afternoon. We went out to a course we played regularly, which was called the Charlotte Golf Links. And we were on the sixth hole. We were just playing by ourselves, riding around in a cart. We were on the... had played six holes. I was playing really well for a change. Um And we got to the seventh tee, and uh, the Golf Links had a lot of tees that were marked by high reeds and things around the tee boxes, and there was a dog standing on the tee when we got there, a little red kind of looked like Dachshund-Fox mix, and just standing there, and we... Both of us being dog lovers, we went up to the tee. We started talking to and playing with the dog a little bit and hit shots. It was a par three and got in the cart after we hit our shots. And it was an uphill par three and rode up to where the green was. And dog came running up to the green and we ran around the green and put his, his nose in the cup. And unbelievably cute. And we went back to the cart, got in the cart, and the dog follows us into the cart, and kind of jumped in the cart. So we just kept them in the cart, uh, played the eighth hole, and I'll get specific since anybody listening to this is obviously a golfer. Got to the eighth hole in a par five, and I snap hooked the drive into the wood, didn't hear any sound, hit a provisional ball, went out, and my first ball was in the dead middle of the fairway. And we, Ava and I were kidding around, and I said, it must has got to be the dog because that ball did not hit a tree. Then hit a three wood and an eight iron to about two feet, um, and just kind of got back in the cart. And Ace is now firmly ensconced in the cart, and got to the ninth hole, uphill par three, 167 yards. And I hit a shot, and as we all do, and this was I started playing in 1980, uh, so I'd been playing for a while, didn't have a hole in one, and the ball was going right at the pin and couldn't see the bottom of the flag and You know, I said, go in the hole, and then Ava hit her shot, we got in the cart, and Ace was in my lap, and Ava got out of the cart and said, aren't you coming up? And I said, I'm not getting up, balls in the hole, and laughing. And Ava went up to the green, and as she was walking, or she started walking, I said, balls in the hole, we're keeping the dog. And she went up to the green, and she looked in the hole, and she started jumping around, and... It was and remains the only hole in one I've had in 40 years of playing golf. And needless wow. to say, we took the dog home, put some signs up to make sure it wasn't somebody else's, and called him Ace. And he was in our lives for a whole lot of years and one of the great companions we've ever had. So I, wow. as I said in that post, Chris, I don't care if I ever have another hole in one. Cause that, that was a pretty special one.
0: Yeah, I imagine it was. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, Mitch, as we wind this down and you look ahead to 2020, what, uh, what do you and Darren have coming up on talking golf getaways? What's on your plan, uh, for the, at least the early part of next year?
1: Well, we're, we're obviously excited to do more trips. Um, we had some great ones this year and i got to go to some wonderful places uh i think we're actually going to be going back to gamble sands um in the spring up in washington state uh which i i can't recommend highly enough to your listeners if they it's a big trip it is a big trip it's not one you take lightly but i can guarantee that if you make it out there it's everything that you would expect from a great golf destination um So we're going to be doing that again. I'm hoping to get out to Rams Hill Golf Club out in Southern California. Darren's doing a lot of work with them. Fantastic kind of desert golf course, Tom Fazio design. Um, so we're going to be going out there. And we'll be doing, as the year goes on, we're going to be planning more uh listeners trips. We went to Sweetens Cove this year with a fantastic listeners trip. We had 24 guys that came out and spent three days um in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. You and I have talked about that, uh, the fabulous nine-hole golf course that King Collins built there. Uh, So we've got stuff coming up and obviously a lot of great podcasts coming up too as we continue to talk about what we love, golf and travel. That's what it's about.
0: So remind our listeners again how they can stay up to date with uh, when you're posting things, some of the articles that you guys have out there. Uh, on the website, and then plus uh, how they can follow you on social media as well.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Golf Trip X, the letter X.com, is the website where you can find everything. That's That's got all of it right there, uh, social media-wise. Uh, Golf Trip Experts on Twitter and Instagram, um, at Mitch Lawrence on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Darren, too, at Golf Getaways on Twitter and Instagram. So there's always a lot of information, and and if you go to the website at golftripx.com, you'll see there's so much stuff on there between fabulous articles, and we've got a great writer and Eric Hart, photography by Brian Orr, Darren's got a great you know list of stuff that he's written, and then the podcasts, and we're we're over 150 now, so there's a lot of a lot of content on the site for people who just want to have some fun and listen to some some good golf podcasts. They're fun. Yeah. You have to admit, Chris, we have fun.
0: Indeed, you do. It's a great golf podcast. That's why we we enjoy uh, listening and also promoting it as well. Because we wouldn't if it wasn't great, and it certainly is great. And
1: speaking, well, of I great, can't thank, it thank you enough you. for that, too. I really, I really can't thank you enough for that, Chris. You've always been a big supporter, as I am, of your your wonderful work. So, thanks for that.
0: Absolutely. Mitch, thank you so much for taking time out of your night, and uh, a huge thrill for me to get to kind of wrap this season up uh, with you. No one better to do it, and I can't thank you enough for being here.
1: Well, as I said, it's an honor, man. It's an honor. I really appreciate you, and uh, I know all your listeners do, too. So thanks. Here's to some great golf and some great travel and some great fun in 2020, and I guarantee you I will see you soon. I'm
0: certainly going to hold you to it. I can't wait for that. Okay. Mitch, <laughs> uh, happy holidays to uh, to you and your lovely family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Thanks. Back at
0: See you, Mitch. That's a great Mitch Lawrence, folks. It doesn't come any better than that. Um, Mitch, like I say, and I mean it with all my heart, he's a, um, a great friend and has been a great mentor and a great sounding board and, and done a whole lot behind the scenes to help me in in more ways than I can count. And I can't thank him and uh, certainly his, his brother Matthew as well for all of their support over the years and what they've meant to me. Um, Talking Golf Getaways is a great podcast. Go check it out online. You hear me talk about it every single week. And uh, also, uh, you know, Matthew's great show as well. So please support both of them and uh, tell all your friends about it as well. They're uh, They're great
1: individuals.
0: All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this season of Next on the T. My sincere thanks go out to Larry Rinker, Scott White, and Mitch Lawrence for joining me. Please check out our website, net. You'll be able to check out our our new guest schedule when we're back. And like I say, I expect that uh, we'll be back sometime in the February time frame. We, uh, we'll have a couple of other interviews, I'm sure, uh speckled in between now and then. But uh check out our website. You'll be able to step, stay up to date with what we're doing. You can also stream this show as a podcast on a lot of great sites, particularly Podbean. We appreciate their partnership very, very much. Download the Podbean app. You'll be able to take us with you everywhere you go. We're also available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, AudioBoom, LaunchpadDM.com, and Player.fm as well. Folks, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and yours. I hope all of your dreams come true. Until next time. Hit them straight, my friends.